We are continuing today with our sermon series titled Joining Jesus on His Mission, and as Pastor John has always already shared, we are blessed to have with us Pastor Greg Finke, uh, pastor, author, husband, father, and himself, a follower of Jesus. Um, I learned and I've known Greg really is not born right, or from Nebraska, but yesterday, just so you know, he wore red socks. <laughs> and he did that intentionally as he was presenting with us here. And uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with what happened, can't but say. can't say. Um, but can we give a warm Nebraska welcome to Pastor Greg Finke? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, we're, we're certainly not taking credit for the win, but I was here. <laughs> no, we, uh, we're, we're so glad to have uh, been able to, to come and be a part of several gatherings that we've had with leaders uh, here at, at uh, Messiah and now with you this morning. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we indeed do pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done right in this sanctuary right in this neighborhood, right in this city, right in this region as it is in heaven. From you to us, through us, to the people around us that need you so badly. Come to us now with your spirit. Speak to us through your word. Give us the insights we need, whether little or large, to go out and actually begin to join your son Jesus on his mission in Lincoln and beyond. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, indeed, it is good to be here. And uh, our, our ministry is called Dwelling 114. We come alongside churches like Messiah, people like you, and uh, we help them to actually begin to do what Jesus gave us to do. Now, you might think Dwelling 114, kind of an unusual name. Uh, it comes from John 114. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And that really helps us to remember that God didn't save the world by hovering above it. God didn't save the world by having certain feelings for it. God saved the world by getting himself born into it. And then being with, hanging out with, dwelling with people that needed to experience the grace and truth of the Father. And those of us that consider ourselves followers of Jesus, not just beneficiaries of Jesus, that's first, not just worshipers of Jesus, that's good, right, and salutary, but followers of Jesus, that we are the ones that follow the resurrected spirit of Jesus on the loose in Lincoln. That if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we're going to find ourselves following him, taking note of, valuing, spending time with, hanging out with, dwelling with people that are also living without the grace and truth of Jesus. That's what Jesus' followers do. That's who we are. We have been fully and thoroughly loved, forgiven, and restored. woo -hoo! Look at them, Pastor. They're excited. Don't let their faces uh, 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 confuse you. Uh, did you hear that? You've been thoroughly loved, forgiven, and restored. Friends, let your face know how excited you are. You see, I think a little bit of this is because we really have turned the Christian faith into simply an academic pursuit. We want to believe right answers, and that's very good. We want to believe right answers. But we want to hear what God says, which is to invite us not just to know the right answers, not just to be able to tick off the correct doctrine, but to participate in the adventure, the life, the restoration that he has given you. 
to not simply come to church, sit tight, discuss it, study it, memorize it, sing about it, and then say, see you next week. But as followers of Jesus, we get to be followers of Jesus. <laughs> that means that after all the singing and the discussing and the studying and the memorizing and the praying, that, that we get up off our pews. I know some of you are nervous just for a moment. But after all that good stuff's going on, we get up off our pews and actually go out and participate in it. You're being invited into an adventure, not just a recitation of correct facts from Scripture. Yes, we want correct facts from Scripture. We don't want incorrect facts from Scripture. But what does it look like to live out all that you read about, study, discuss, believe, and understand? What does it look like to live it out for the good of others? Well, Jesus already tells us it looks a lot like giving yourself for the good of others, giving yourself for the good of people that need it. Fruit of the Spirit, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's goodness, it's kindness, it's all those things lived out so that people, people, neighbors, co-workers, people of your family, of course, people at your school, absolutely, so they begin to experience that which is true. God doesn't want you just to know what is true. He wants you to experience the truth. And that's a very good thing to be a part of. And it's a lot better than many of us are settling for. You see, not only do we want to come to church, we want to take up our identity as being the church. And dear friends, that is something that each of us is actually invited into. This love relationship we have with the Father through the Son. It, re, it redeems us from sin, death, and the devil. Absolutely. You get to go straight to heaven. It's settled. It, it, you're in. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in. You're in. You need, they need to hear this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in. You're in, yeah. So now that we're in, now that we're baptized, the seal is good. Logan's in. Logan, you're in. You're in. Now what does Logan do for the rest of his life? Sit on the bench, run out the clock till you die and go to heaven? Does that sound vaguely biblical? Does that sound overwhelmingly boring? <laughs> no and yes. In other words, we have been redeemed from sin, death, and the devil, brought back into relationship with the Father through the death and resurrection of the Son by the power of the Spirit for a purpose. Redeemed from sin, yes, restored to being a reason love gets loose in the world. Love gets loose in the neighborhood. Love gets loose in the workplace. Love gets loose in your family, of course. Love gets loose in your school, absolutely. From God, but to us and through us to the people around us. Dear friends, that's what Lincoln needs. It needs not a bunch of people going to church. It needs some folks that went to church going out and being the church. Amen? That's what Lincoln needs. We need to come here. We need to receive the Word of God, the, the Supper of God, the, the reminder that we're the baptized of God. We need that. We need each other. We need some encouragement. We need some healing. We need some, uh, just somebody to empathize with us. We need all that. We need that, absolutely. But that doesn't do Lincoln any good. It does us a lot of good. What will do Lincoln a lot of good is those of us that have freely received, now that we go out, we freely offer. We freely give. Matthew 10, Jesus said it, freely you've received. Now here's the fun, go out and freely give it away. But don't be weird. Don't be clingy. 
Don't be, don't be, don't be like uh, a salesperson. Be like Mr. Rogers. Notice people, care about people, be curious about people. They're already there. They're already your neighbors. They already are our work team uh, mates. They're already in your classes. What's their name? What's their story? And how can you not be weird, not be clingy, not be a salesperson, but just respond with a little cool cup of whatever they need? It might be a smile. It might be a little laughter, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. It might be some kindness. It might be a little sweat. It might be empathy. It might be, it might be treating them better than they deserve. <laughs> I think it's going well. I really do. I just, don't, don't, let, don't let this confuse you, Pastor. I think it's going well. Yeah, that's what it means to be a Jesus follower. Dear friends, that's who we are. This is what we do. We believe that we are thoroughly loved and we go out and offer it out of the abundance. We don't have to earn anything. We don't have to prove anything. You've been given all things in Jesus. You've had it since you were Logan's age, if that's when you were baptized. You got it. Now do something with it for the good of others. One, because you can. But two, because they desperately need you to. You know why God sent his son for you? It wasn't because you'd earn it, not because you deserved it. It was because you desperately needed it, and he valued you. He had put great worth in you. He wanted you back, and so he gave his son so that you were redeemed from that, bought back from that, price paid for it so that you were back to being his. Wow, you're in. And now what do we get to do? We get to go out and help others experience that a little bit. We are literally the body of Christ. When Logan, when we witnessed his being baptized right there, that was God making promises to Logan. Not just to save him from sin, but to now be with him, be in him, work through him. That's who we are. That's what we get to do. It's a gift. It's a privilege. And the folks out there need us not only to come and listen to that, believe that, understand that, but go out and start living it out for the good of others. And it's a blast. It really is. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Or do you feel more like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. You know, we, we, we kind of feel that way, right? And, and, and there's reasons for that. Um, uh, sometimes we just get, we forget who we are. We forget what we've got. We forget what we're here to do. And then we get, we just, we, we, we get sent out. And if you're not clear on who you are and, and what you got and what you're here to do, it, 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 leaves you, it leaves you like that, full of the willies, right? But if you can remember every morning, just wake up every morning and remind yourself who you are. I am a beloved, forgiven child of God. Remember what you got. I got the things of the kingdom in abundance. Have no fear, little flock, Jesus said. Your Father's been pleased to give you the kingdom. That's not someday when you get to heaven. That's now. The kingdom is yours now. And the kingdom is the things of the king. The, 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 the fruit of the spirit is how Paul says it. Again, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. You've got that. I may not look like much, but I'm loaded. And I forgot Scott wanted me to stay by the pulpit for the sake of the folks at home. So I'll try to be more anchored here. Sorry, Scott. Scott's like, what? Where's he going? Um, we talked about this. 
Where was I? Yeah. So, so this is who I am. I'm a beloved child of God. This is what you got. The things of the kingdom in abundance. You are lavishly loved by the Father. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on you that you should be called a child of God, and that is who you are. You are lavishly loved. I hope you trust that. I know you believe it by the gift of the Spirit, but I hope you trust that because it is yours. Lavishly loved by the Father. And now if I remember who I am, if I remember what I've got, now all you got to do is remember what you're here to do. Go out and look for folks who need a little bit of what you got. And don't be weird. Don't be clingy. Just be listening. Just be watching. Maybe ask a question or two. And you can do that with the folks that are you'll never see again, right? Sure, do that too. But what about the folks that you'll see day after day? You may not know their, their name, but they're right there all the time. Why not know their name? And so as we begin to think as ones who have a purpose, right? Our purpose, it's our mission. Jesus said, follow me. I know you don't know what you're doing. Come follow me. I'll show you. And then Paul says in Ephesians 5, 2, live a life of love following the example of Jesus who loved you and gave himself for you. So it looks a lot like giving of yourself for the good of others. And if we can remember that this is who we are, this is what we've got, this is what we get to do, then we can go out and, and, and we don't have to go out. How, how many of you think God is smarter than you? Just a quick show of hands. God is smarter than you. Good. There's two or three in the back going, well, I'm pretty smart too. <laughs> Actually, you're just not paying attention. But that's okay. The, 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 the long and the short of it is, is simply this. We know God's smarter than us, and he's too smart to send you out to do something you categorically are unable to do. God wouldn't be so silly as to do that. He knows you can't save anybody. He knows you can't convert anybody. He knows you can't redeem and restore anybody. That's above your pay grade. That's hard work. That's heavy lifting. That requires a son of God. And so God's smart enough to send a son of God to do the work that requires a son of God. And his name is Jesus. That's right. Yeah, you knew this. Just re like remind yourself. Right? You're, you're, you're not Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, you're not. You might as well know it now. I, I like to have people uh, 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 do the John the Baptist confession in the morning. You can get up, you know, while you're kind of getting ready, just look yourself in the face and say, you are not the Christ. <laughs> and that's actually this wonderful freeing moment, right? I, I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. I got a Christ. And he's on the move in Lincoln. He's going ahead of me. Preparing people, ripening people, readying people for what? For me to do the one thing that he actually has asked me to do. And by the way, the one thing he has enabled me to do. And that is to be a way through which his love is experienced in the lives of people. Jesus does all the Jesus stuff. You do what he invites even little children to do. Love your neighbor. Can you imagine if we did? What if all the people and all the churches worshiping Jesus this Sunday in Lincoln went home and started to do the one thing he gave us to do? I've been driving around here for a couple of days now, and there's some big churches, and even if they're only half full, 
That's a lot of people out there. But the chances are good that this community is experiencing the same lack uh, as other communities, that all the people coming to church, receiving so much from Jesus, go home and they ignore their neighbor or treat them the way they think they deserve. But can you imagine those that, that, that if there was a community of people who went to church and went out and, and, and did the work of the church? A little love, a little laughter, a little kindness. It would transform the community. If, it, 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 what other plan does God have for his love to be experienced by people who are not a part of the people of God yet? There is no plan B. There's not a plan for it like an angel to fly over your neighborhood tonight sprinkling love dust on everybody. There is no plan B. There's plan A. As I have loved you, now go love. That's why God became flesh and blood so we would experience the love of the Father. We need to hear about it, yes, but you know what it really uh, human beings need? Not only hearing about it, but experiencing it. If you have not yet done that, I am sorry. I'm glad you know the truth. I'm glad you believe the truth. But the whole story, the, the biggest part of the good news is that you get to experience that love. How? Through people who have that love. That's who we are. That's what we get to do. So when we are done with the singing, then we're done with the receiving, and we're done with being beneficiaries of Jesus, all of it's important. All of it's important. But when it's all done, then it's time for us to do what? Get up off our pews and actually go out and be a reason others get a cool cup of water. Not necessarily what they deserve, but boy, do they need it. And we're the ones that have it. So Jesus is on a mission. We don't go for Jesus, my friends. He doesn't give you a swat on the back and say, go get him, tiger. Go save somebody for me. That's a bad plan. <laughs> and it's not the plan at all. The plan isn't that we go for Jesus, it's that we go with Jesus. Come follow me. Let's go see what the Father's prepared in advance for us today. Let's go see who needs a little bit of what I've already given you. Freely you receive, freely give. It'll be a blast. We don't have to be Jesus salespeople. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know there are salespeople in here. I'm not talking about you. I'm sure you're very good at what you do. You, you care for people. I'm talking about that guy, right? He smiles too big. He shakes your hand too long. And he keeps talking and talking and talking because he thinks he'll be, able to, he'll be able to sell you something. Well, not only is this a bad idea. By the way, if there is anybody in here that thinks you're supposed to be that guy, can I give you two words of biblical advice? Stop it. You're just irritating people. In the name of Jesus. We don't have to be sales people. Not only is that a bad idea, it's bad theology. Who's the only person that can sell Jesus to anybody? That's right, Pastor Quincy. But other than that, <laughs> no, not even Pastor. That, that's not a human function. That's above our pay grade. Who's the only person that can sell Jesus to anybody? There you go. Yeah. So remember that. Let not your hearts be troubled. What if Jesus meant that? Take a deep breath. Let Jesus be Jesus. And you be the little kid that goes out remembering who I am, remembering what I got, and remembering what I'm here to do. 
just kind of going around and spreading the seed just like the Bible tells me so. We don't have to be Jesus salespeople. We're Jesus followers. This is who we are. We receive the love of the Father in abundance. Now that we have the love of the Father in abundance, what do we do? We'll go out and look for somebody that needs a little bit of that. And having done so, you will see your neighborhood transform, your workplace transform, your classroom transform. If you're, if you're saying, I don't see the transformation, Pastor, then I know one thing about you. You haven't done it yet. I'm sure you've sung about it. I'm sure you've studied it. Perhaps even taught a lesson about it. <laughs> but here's what I know. When you use the superpower of God's love, it changes people. Maybe not all like that, but if you remember who you are and what you're here to do day by day, little by little, little by little, it's like putting out seed, putting out seed, putting out seed. And what do you know about seed when you keep putting it out? What are you going to see? What are you going to see? I thought I was in Nebraska. You're going to see sprouts. But here's what you also know. If you go out every day and you know what will happen if you cast the seed, but don't cast the seed, what, you won't, what will you not see? Oh, sprouts. Dear friends, if you're going out into your everyday life day after day, day after day, and you don't see sprouts, it's because the seed's still in your pocket. Real simple math. You got what it takes to change the world, not because of you, because of him, from him, to you, through you, to the people around you. And if we do, imagine this. So imagine that's Lincoln. It is not. But imagine that's Lincoln, and that cross represents this beautiful property and this beautiful facility. But we know that this beautiful facility, although an important tool, it is not the church. Amen? Who's the church? You are. You're, you're the baptized. You've got Jesus in you. You got the temple. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are so all the time because that's who you are. That's what you've got. And so we can look and say, yes, that's where our church gathers from time to time, but where is the church the rest of the time? We'll drop it into some mapping software and you'll see, boom, there's your church. You are strategically located by the Father in the places He needs an outlet for a little love, a little love, a little love, a little compassion, a little encouragement, a little grace, a little laughter. That's who we are, that's what we do. And that's what the community needs. What if we did it? What if in the places we've been put, we started doing a little bit? Don't be weird. Don't be clingy. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Experiment. See what happens. Do it regularly. Love your neighbor. Here's what will happen. Boom. Lincoln will never be the same. Your neighborhood will start to change because love changes people. I got one thing, last thing to say to you. That should be good news to most of you. Oh, Here's the last thing. Love may not work every time, but love is the only thing that works. Disapproval, anger, passive aggressive, none of it works. God's love is your superpower. Believe it. And use it. Finish up with this.
Wow, could it really be that simple? It always has been, my friends. Jesus has got loose from the tombs. He's on the loose in Lincoln. He says to you and me, now that you have received from me, now that you have worshipped me, now that we have understood, now that we have believed, let's get up off our... Oh, that was like tepid. This, was, this is the culmination, friends. Come on, right? Let's get up off our... And begin the adventure you were made for. Messiah Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Let the adventures begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.